Welcome to Thrive Beyond Pornography, the podcast where real couples like us candidly navigate the journey to a healthier, more connected life. Join us as we share personal experiences, expert insights, and practical tips to help you thrive in your relationships and break free. Together, let's repair and build a rock-solid connection, becoming a couple that can overcome any challenge. You're listening to the Self Mastery Podcast, where we break through barriers holding you back from becoming who you want to be. Whether you're struggling with pornography, overeating, social media addiction, or just want to get better at succeeding at life, this podcast is for you. Now your host, Zach Spafford. Hey everybody, welcome to the Self Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Spafford. Thanks you guys so much for listening, for paying attention to this uh, podcast. It's, It's an awesome opportunity for me to help anybody who's struggling with the pornography that is really, you know, for a lot of people plaguing their lives. And this week is particularly poignant. It's Easter Sunday. We just had a great uh, general conference. It was awesome to hear and listen to the amazing talks that were given by so many. I, you know, every time the prophet speaks, I am just, I, I'm, I feel blessed to be able to live in a world where I have a living prophet who can help me work through and continue to become a better person. In fact, a couple of the things, you know, there's a lot of things that I took away from this conference just for me in particular. I know that it, you know, we can't go to the temple, but one of the things that struck me as I went through this conference was that I need to continue to dedicate time to go to the temple and also time to really make our house as holy as possible and you know, bring that temple atmosphere into our home. That was one of the things that I took away from this particular conference. Uh, so, you know, send me what you guys took away. I'd love to hear what thoughts you had from this conference, what things kind of stuck out to you. And I'd love to hear what it is that you're going to be doing differently over the coming months and creating in your life so that you can become the master of yourself. So this week, as it, you know, this is the week that we celebrate the life and the death and the really the resurrection of our Savior Jesus Christ. And the reason why he died, he didn't just die because he, you know, he needed to die. It was to create the atonement. And I have talked about this on the podcast before, and I'd like to go back to it and just talk about the atonement in a way that I think is really important that everyone understand. And I'd like to start by telling you the story about how Darcy found out about my pornography use. She was devastated. She was angry. She was ashamed. And she actually took and threw my laptop down the stairs when she found found me looking at pornography on my computer, you know, she found me lying about using pornography. She found me really being broken by pornography. I thought I was broken by pornography. You know, it wasn't who I wanted to be. It wasn't who I thought I was inside. And I thought pornography was destroying my life. And I thought my pornography use was actually destroying my wife's life. And she got mad. She, she got really mad. And then she got sad and she was really incredibly hurt by it. She would tell you to this day that it was the start of some pretty, you know, significant negative body image issues that she continues to carry. And she would also tell you that it is the greatest source of distrust in our lives. You know, we've come a long way and we are not there anymore. But she would tell you that pornography wrecked her in a lot of ways. And she prayed for it to go away. And I prayed for it to go away. 
I think just like you, I used to pray that the atonement would essentially solve this problem. That's what I thought the atonement was for. In fact, I prayed earnestly, fervently, begging, pleading, hoping, feeling, pouring out my soul, asking God to please just take this pornography problem off my plate. And I want you to know that for years, this was my deepest desire, that Heavenly Father would just take this pornography problem away. I asked with as much faith as I could. I thought, you know, I just believe this is going to happen. I believe that Heavenly Father is going to take this problem from me. And I would cite scripture to God in my prayers. I would be like, listen, I read this scripture, and I think it means that if I just pray in the right way, that you will solve this problem for me. Thinking that, you know, if he knew that I knew that he knew that I knew, I would have some, you know, leg up, I'd get my thing and I'd get brought to the front of the line and the Lord would have to grant what I thought was at the time a righteous desire. I wanted the atonement to make this problem end. I thought that's what the atonement was for. I thought, you know, because Jesus had suffered on the cross for every sin that I had ever committed, then God would want me to stop committing sin at all costs, right? And I thought, if I just asked God, he would make it so that I, you know, I would not be able to suffer these temptations and these and the sins and the consequences so that his son would not have to suffer any more than necessary. And I thought I could just ask for this sin to be removed from me. I really, I thought that I could ask God to make it so I never sought out pornography ever again, so that I would never feel lust, never, you know, take that first step down the path. And I was really, when I was asking for this, I was asking God to change my choices. Really what I was asking is I was looking for God to step in (laughs) at the moment of my need and simply make the problem disappear. You know, flip the switch, and now I choose to look for cat videos. But I want you guys to know, God is not in the business of changing our choices for us. In fact, I don't believe that asking God to take away my pornography problem was actually a righteous desire. Think about that. Asking God, please, Heavenly Father, please take away this pornography problem from me. I don't think that's a righteous desire. I've learned through my own hard-won experience that the Lord's atonement is about forgiveness and forgetting our sins. Now, this is the gospel according to Zach. So, you know, if for you this is not how it works, I'm, you know, I'm not saying that this is an official church position. I'm just telling you how I had to put it together in my own mind so that I could understand it. And you know, knowing and understanding that the Lord's atonement is about forgiveness and forgetting our sins, and that there's this other thing, agency, that's actually about the process of overcoming our weaknesses. And we have to get these two things straight. So let's just take a look at the Bible dictionary for a second. The LDS Bible dictionary puts it this way. The purpose of the atonement is to correct or overcome the consequences of sin. Nowhere have I been able to find in the scriptures the idea that the atonement makes us stop choosing our sins and weaknesses. Rather, in my estimation, in the way that I think about it, it bridges the gap in our ability to pay for our own consequences when we do sin and when we have not exercised our agency in ways that are not in concert with God's law. That's what I think the atonement does. The Bible dictionary doesn't say the atonement will remove the sin from our lives. It doesn't say, hey, we're going to take this out of your life. It doesn't say it will make it so we choose not to sin. 
It overcomes the consequences of sin. So what are the consequences of sin? The Bible dictionary provides that answer as well. It says, By transgression, man loses control over his own will and becomes the slave of sin and so incurs the penalty of spiritual death, which is an alienation from God. So in other words, it overcomes and corrects the consequences of being a slave to sin, spiritual death, and alienation from God. That provides incentive to change. It allows us to know we are not lost forever because of our actions, but it does not change our behavior directly. So I like to use this analogy as a coach and in my own life. Imagine you are on a boat, and we're going to call that boat life, appropriately named, right? We have this boat, and in that boat, we are traveling from the place of our birth to the place of our death. And anytime you get off the boat to dip in the waters around you, you are disobeying God's law. You can stay in the water as long as you want. You can get out of the water whenever you want, and that is your agency. And whenever you get out of the water, you are still wet, and the effects of your actions remain with you. You can dry yourself off as best you can with towels, but you never come completely dry until the sun warms your clothes and removes the last of the water from you. That part, that is the atonement. That's the part that you can't get to. That's the part that you can't complete without someone outside of you, something outside of you making that change for you. The atonement will not keep you out of the water. I want you to, I want you to understand that. I want you to just repeat that in your mind. Heavenly Father's atonement created through Jesus Christ. You know, we celebrate the atonement of Christ and in, in his resurrection here, uh, you know, on this Easter weekend, that thing, that, as, as it's been called in the, uh, you know, in general conference before, the supernal gift of the atonement, that will not keep you from making your own choices. It won't keep you out of the water. It won't make you use a towel to dry off, right? So it won't make you begin the repentance process. The atonement gets you dry, but it can't keep you dry if you exercise your agency to get in the water again after you get dry. Now, in this particular analogy, each thing is enticing. And in life, sin is actually enticing. That's why we choose it sometimes. The warmth of the sun, the cool of the water. In this example, there's really no wrong choice, right? When we go boating, we like both. It's, that's why we go boating. You know, I'm here in southern Utah. I love going boating. It's one of my favorite things to do. And there's no bad choice. But in this instance, in this analogy, what we're talking about is getting in the water as sin and the warmth of the sun to dry us off as the atonement. And the scriptures make it clear that in the battle for your eternal happiness, there is a bitter and a sweet, a right and a wrong, a bondage and a freedom. And they also make it clear that you have to choose. You have to make choices. You have to, in other words, exercise your agency. Go to 2 Nephi 2, 15 and 16. I want you to understand this. It says, And to bring about his eternal purposes in the end of man, after he had created our first parents and the beasts of the field and the fowls of the air, and in fine all things which are created, it must needs be that there is an opposition, even the forbidden fruit in opposition to the tree of life, the one being sweet and the other bitter. And verse 16 really tells us, you know, what do you have to do about that? Wherefore, the Lord gave it unto man that he should act for himself. Wherefore, man could not act for himself, save it should be that he was enticed by the one or the other. So when you say to Heavenly Father, like I did, like I'm certain that so many of you are doing, 
you know, you're saying, please take this sin away from me. Make it so I never have to deal with it again. Make it so I never turn back to it. I think we're really missing the point. The point is we have to choose to get out of the water. We have to choose to dry off as best we can. The point is choosing to stay in the boat. The point is having faith enough to keep trying even when you aren't sure how to move forward. The point is to stop worrying about whether or not you can be forgiven and just start working on the things that you have control over. And this, I think, is a really important component of this. You have to recognize that the atonement has you covered. Every mistake you've made up to this point, every misstep that you've made, every time you have said, I'm never going to go back to this problem, I'm never going to do this again, and you go back to it again, that has all been paid for. You have, it's been paid for. You don't have to worry about whether or not it's going to get paid for. And I'm not saying that that means just sin all you want. But if you truly believe in the value of the atonement, right, the grace of God given, then you'll recognize it as this gift of just not having to worry about it. And all you now have to worry about is moving forward right? The atonement is all-encompassing. But don't mistake what it does because you'll end up like I did. You'll end up frustrated and you'll wonder why God isn't answering your prayers. God wants you to stop or start, right? He wants you to do whatever it is that will bring you into harmony with his laws and bring you the greatest blessings that he wants to give you. But those are all predicated, as we say, and, you know, you know, we take from, they're all you have to do something about that, right? You have to begin living the laws on which the blessings are based. In that frame of mind, we have to look at our choices and we have to decide how would we like to move forward? And I think, you know, of the way that we run our household. We have eight kids, right? If you have kids or you once were a kid, you know that it's pretty rare for my kids to do exactly what I want when I want them to do it, right? But my kids have often come to me and said, can you tell him to stop? And I can tell anybody to do anything, right? That doesn't mean that they will do that when I ask it of them. And they also ask me, can you make them stop? And no, I can't. In fact, right now we're dealing with conversation with one of our kids. And it is just this thing where, you know, we're just saying to them, I can't make you behave. You have to choose to behave because it's the right thing to do. Sure, like we could get in there and physically intervene with a child that's behaving badly, but that won't end the behavior forever. It'll be a momentary fix, and that doesn't solve the issue of the child's desire to act in a way that's contrary to the household harmony. And any parent will tell you that when a child chooses to do something that's contrary to the rules of the house, it's exasperating, and it often leads to conversations about how we can get them to follow the rules. We have a rule, for instance, in our household that we eat in the kitchen. That's always been the rule in our family. Lots of families have that kind of a rule, right? We also have a son that chooses to eat out of the kitchen on a regular basis. So much so that when we find that there are not enough dishes for everyone to eat dinner, we actually make a quick trip to his bedroom and usually find the required plates, forks, glasses, and bowls. And we've long forgiven him for this. And we no longer lose our cool over it. We, you know, we used to get upset with him, and we just don't. Now he, he knows the rules, right? And he also pays the consequences of not following the rules. Like right now, one of the consequences of eating outside the kitchen is that you pay me 
not a great consequence. I know maybe there's a better consequence. If you guys have any ideas, I'd love to hear them. But, you know, if my if one of my sons came to me and said, hey, dad, can you make it so that I no longer take food out of the kitchen? I suppose I could stand guard and like watch them every moment of the day and block all their opportunities for them to carry food out of his out of the kitchen and snack in their rooms. And that would really stink. And neither of us, not him or me, would be well served by that. And it would not create in him the love that we want to foster in our home. And it would really just set up a daily battleground where in the end, either I would give up or he would outsmart me. Because kids are smart, right? They're going to find a way around if that's how it works. And, and I just want you to take that analogy and understand that Heavenly Father does not want to police your internet browsing sessions. He does not want to give us agency in order to say, hey, can you please take it back on this one subject? What he did do and what I am eternally grateful for on this Easter weekend is he gave his son to dry us off when we are ready to choose to stay in the boat. Even if we get back in the water occasionally, the sun will still shine down on us, ready to warm us with forgiveness no matter how long we stay in the water and no matter how wet we get. What he won't do is he won't chain us up on the deck of the boat and keep us dry if we want to get wet. No more than I can or should stand guard in my kitchen all day to keep my son from taking his taquitos to his room. Sometimes we try to do this with our spouses or others by asking them to monitor our computer use, to lock down our phones, and generally try to gatekeep our access to pornographic material. And please don't get me wrong. I think that you know every household should have an accountability system with checks and blocks on full access to the internet because this helps prevent accidental exposure and distances us from easy access. But... I think it's an error to believe that someone else can make you feel safe when you choose to seek out pornography. They can't make you stop. And frankly, God will not make you stop. You have to exercise your agency. Take back your ability to choose and count on the Lord's forgiveness as you stumble through it, as you make your way forward, and as you try and fail and try and fail and try and fail again. And that's why you can't pray it away. Because God wants you to choose him. He wants you to choose his ways. He doesn't want to force you into them because that would not make for happiness for either of us. And this goes for all of our favorite sins, the ones we choose and the ones we feel like we're born into. It wasn't until I understood this that I was able to change my approach to my thoughts about what I needed to do to stop looking at pornography. First, I saw clearly that my relationship with the atonement was about recognizing that I was enough, just as I was. And I think we heard a lot of that this weekend in conference. That didn't mean that I was where I wanted to be. It means that my sins and my misdeeds have been paid for through the atonement, and I don't need to beat myself up about them, meaning that I don't have to feel shame on top of guilt, meaning that I can meet my sins frankly with an open heart and an open mind and ask for forgiveness, knowing that it will be given and focus all of my energy on changing my thoughts, my beliefs, my actions through the process of repentance. Second, my relationship with the agency was about accepting responsibility for my choices and bringing them into my higher brain and putting in place plans to exercise my ability to choose at a conscious level. 
I needed to observe my thoughts as well as my actions. And I've talked about repentance a lot on this podcast, and I talk about it a lot in my, you know, in my membership and when I coach folks. And that is essentially the reality of repentance, is bringing to your brain this new process of understanding, well, what is it that I believe, and what are the results that are coming from that, and what is it that I need to believe to create new results? That's, in my opinion, that is the process of repentance. I needed to feel my feelings, and I needed to recognize my urges, and I needed to permit their existence while choosing to withhold action. I needed to stop saying, I don't know what happened, it just happened, when confronted with questions of why from myself and from my spouse, and I needed to create new paths for my brain to travel when confronted with my everyday challenges. Only then was I able to make lasting change. And I want you to recognize, I believe that agency and the atonement are extraordinary gifts from our Heavenly Father. Our ability to change who we are into who we want to be is rooted in understanding them clearly and leaning on each one of those separately. Now that company laptop, it really didn't survive. But thankfully, with a better understanding of the atonement and the principles that I used to stop looking at pornography, our marriage survives. And we are better because of the struggles that made us stronger. And I want each of you to know that this is available to you. Thank you so much for listening. You guys are amazing. Please let me know how I can help you. You can either email me at zach at zachspafford.com or you can set up a free appointment. Go to zachspafford.com and hit work with me. We can have a conversation where you can start to get the answers that you need to create the life that you have been looking to create for so many years. All right, my friends, I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Self Mastery Podcast. Imagine you sitting next to your loved one and no longer bogged down by the greatest trial of your life. Each month, I offer a free webinar that you can attend where you can get your questions answered about how you can break free from pornography use. Take a moment now and go to the website, zackspafford.com slash free call, and you can sign up for free. You don't want to miss out on this amazing opportunity to ask questions, learn a new skill, and even get coached live if you like. We'll see you then. Thanks for listening to Thrive Beyond Pornography. If you're seeking guidance and support to overcome pornography for good and begin creating a thriving life beyond it, check out my free webinar, How to Overcome Pornography with Skills That Actually Work. You'll learn practical, proven skills guided by an expert coach who has personally overcome pornography. Whether you're getting started for just yourself or along with your spouse, Darcy and I can teach you the tools that will help you put your life on the right path for you. Be sure to check out the show notes for a direct link and... If you could take a moment to leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts, it would mean the world to us. Your reviews play a significant role in helping others discover the show so they can join us on this transformative journey. Thank you for being part of the Thrive Beyond Pornography community. Until our next episode, stay strong, stay focused, and keep thriving.